Hola mi gente, welcome back to Hapa Talk. This is your host Jasmine Luchis and you're now listening to season four. This month we'll be celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. What is that? It's a celebration that was created to recognize the positive impact that Hispanic Americans have left. So the people that we will be highlighting this month have been such a positive impact for the next generation to come and I can't wait to share their stories with you all. Hola, Hepa Talk. I am so excited because today we have Edward here with us, an author, illustrator, and um, I actually seen your post go, um, I'm guessing, viral on Instagram. And I was like, I need to have him on because just to see you be able to create such a beautiful book, I can't wait for you to share with everybody. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everybody exactly what it is that you do? Yes, uh, thank you for having me. Um, I am an author, illustrator, game designer, animator, um, and a cyclist. So I, for a living, uh, do contract work. So, you know, some some months and weeks it's really good, and sometimes it's not. Uh, that's just the nature of being a freelance artist. But yes, I just released about eight months ago my uh, first children's book, The Boy from Mexico. And it is about my great grandfather crossing the border. And I just am in talks right now for my second book, which is the continuation of that story, which I haven't really told anyone yet about, but I finished that about two months ago. And I'm about 30% done with my third book. That's so amazing. What made you create a book like this? Yeah, um I when I was uh, a child, um I I lived in a neighborhood in Phoenix which was at the time one of the roughest neighborhoods in Phoenix. It's called Maryville. And this was in the early 90s and it was very diverse, very African American and Hispanic and then we moved because it got um my mom as she said it got bad. So we moved to a new neighborhood, very much north of my old neighborhood and when I got there I was the only Mexican so yeah being the only Mexican is not easy uh, when you're in a school and kids are asking you like what are you why are you so dark um why is your hair that color where are you from um why do you look like that and your last name's Dennis you know so there's a lot of things you know they're they're expecting my last name to be Gonzalez or Hernandez right uh, typical um, Spanish name. And um, I had no answers for people. And I was a little kid. So you start thinking like, who am I? Where do I come from? And I heard stories from my family. And um, yeah, it was, it was interesting because it made me want to relate to the other kids and I couldn't. So I decided as I got older, I said, you know what? I love books. I, I love working with children because I used to be a teacher years ago. And I was like, how can I help out any kids that are like me? So I decided to, you know, write my grandfather, my great grandfather's story and illustrate it. And then, yeah, that's that's how I came up with the idea. Now, um, what kind of led you into illustrating and um, where did that kind of evolve from? My, my mom, um, well, I, I love art. I always loved drawing, but my mom always encouraged me when I was younger to, you know, create my own little stories. So I created my own little characters. Um, 
I wrote little stories for them. So I'd really say, you know, it was already in me to be an artist, but my mother really um, pushed me. So if there's any moms out there listening, you know, you can be that cheerleader for your, your child. I'm not saying my father wasn't, but my mom was definitely like my, my number one fan. Yeah. It's mom. Moms are the best because they, they tend to see things um, that we're good at that we don't think is going to be beneficial in the long run. Um, at what point did you decide to be an author and how was that path for you to publication? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, that's uh that's a hard question. I, I didn't know how to become an author. I honestly had to Google it. <laughs> um, and I found out there's, there's two ways, right? You can self-publish or you can get a publisher. And then I kept reading and I saw the rejection rates, 99 point, like 9%. So they're accepting like a slither of books, right? I think they're, the numbers, like there's maybe 4,000 children's books published a year. Um, and you know, there's billions of people on the planet. So it's very small, um, percentage of people that can get a publisher. So I was like, all right, well, if I do it self-publish, um, I won't be able to get into the stores, like the big, big stores. I want people to see my story. So I sat down, I wrote a story. I illustrated it for two years. And when I was almost done with it, I was like, all right, how do I send it out to people? So I started Googling that. I found out you had to send it to an agent and then the agent talks to the publisher. So I went through that process. Um, yeah, it was, it was rough. I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of rejection. And I'm talking a lot. I've got, I got a lot of critiques on my book saying that, Hey, we like it. We love your art. You're an amazing writer and artist, but can you change the main character to an animal? We'll we'll sign a deal with you if you change your character to an animal. And if you change Mexico to like some made up land. And I was like, no, that's not what I want to do. I want kids to see themselves in the book. Um, even if they didn't cross the border, like myself, they see someone that looks like them. And that was my goal. And yeah, it would, it was a long process. We'll just say that, but I ended up getting a publishing deal with a publisher in Miami and uh, I signed a contract and yeah, they got it into Walmart, Target, Barnes and Noble. I had Barnes and Noble events for my book launch, which was awesome. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a hard road, but I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. What take me take me to the moment where you got that phone call that it was accepted and what was yeah that? yeah so that was that was crazy um I don't I don't talk about it a lot but yeah it's uh well picture picture this I finished the book I think it's the best thing ever right obviously because I made it so you know how you we are for our stuff and I'm like everyone's gonna love it well five months of rejection and I'm I'm pretty devastated. And there was some leads. I'm not going to lie. There were some really good leads, but they wanted to give me like zero royalties because um, I get it. It cost them money to make the book. Um, some people wanted to change the story too much. And I didn't I didn't like that. So there was deals where I had to compromise. But then I sent it to uh, an agent and she's like, hey, I'm really busy. I can't represent you, but I know a public a publisher that would really like this book. So I'm just going to send it to them, see what they say. And I was like, sure. I mean, I wish you could represent me, but whatever. Yeah, that's great. And um, literally like 10 minutes later, the publisher emailed me and said, hey, can we meet with you? We really like your book. We want to talk to you about it. So I jumped on Zoom about 15 minutes after that. I got home and about five minutes into the meeting, they 
were already sending me a contract and they were like, we really love your book. We think it's going to do well. There's not a lot of these books out there. And I'm like, well, I know there's not a lot. <laughs> I got rejected like 50 times. So yeah, I know there's not a lot. So yeah, it was, uh, it was surreal to um, see that huge contract. I mean, it was like 15 pages, but it was very surreal to see it and then sign it and think, wow, I actually did it. That's, that's amazing. Cause yeah, I, I will say that one of my growing up, uh, of course, you, I didn't see a lot of representation in books that, you know, for people that look like me, talk like me and being that I didn't have that, I actually have one of my books. It, the first one that I um, read was Esperanza Rising, where it kind of more or less was, um, like kind of a representation of of people around me and I still have it so I feel like your book would be something that you know kids are going to hold on to and, and and cherish is there anything specific that you want people to take from your book yeah um first and I I agree with you because I, I like Esperanza Rising um I remember my first time reading it actually uh and I said man that's that like, you know, you can read a book and be like, okay, that's, that's cool. But I could relate to that because I had family in the central Valley. My mom's from Fresno. So it was really cool. Cause, um, I was, that really inspired me. A lot of things like that inspire me. And I think the thing I want kids to take away is the same thing. Um, that Esperanza rising left me was like, I can tell my own story. You know, I it empowered me to tell my own story. And I want other kids to say, hey, that this guy can tell his family story. Um, then we can tell our family story. And I don't think there's enough of our stories out there. Obviously, there's not. I think the um, I think the percentage is like 7% of books are Hispanic uh, books for children. And that's that's sad because we're like becoming the majority. We consume so much media of pop culture and we're so little represented so i think my main thing of going out to schools uh talking to children is that they see someone that looks like one of their family members and they're like hey i if he can do it i can do it i want them to feel empowered yes and i definitely think um you know seeing your videos i've seen you kind of already start to um read these books to kids so in those moments when you're there in classrooms and reading and stuff what does that feel like for you yeah it's it's uh surreal I mean going back to my Barnes and Noble event that was crazy to be there at the store they had my book in stock and there's kids there uh going to my first school event I thought it was foolishly I thought it would be just one classroom so I, I was like, oh, I'm just going to read to a class. And then they led me to the cafeteria and it was the entire school. So it was like 700 kids in there. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I got nervous. You know, I, I got a little clammy and I was like, but you know what? I'm here. I did the hard work. I'm going to represent for the kids. I'm going to do a good job for them. And I'm going to leave a lasting impression because when I was in fourth grade, I had an author, he was Caucasian, but I had an author come in and, um, he drew for us and he read his book to us. And I said to myself, man, I'm going to make a book one day. Like I want to be up there. It's, it's kind of awesome to see how life has led you this way and how you can now look back at a little you and see how you've been able to achieve that. That's so cool. Um, is there, um, 
Anything specific that you found that was challenging when creating this book? Yeah, uh, it's about immigration. So it's a very in-depth, it's a very, uh, it's a it's a rough topic, even for adults to talk about. Um, I interviewed a lot of people and they told me their stories. I took my great grandfather's story and I kind of melded, melded it with those um, because my great grandfather's story was a little bit, uh, it's he, this was in the 1920s. So he rode a horse and he walked. So I didn't, I couldn't put that in the book because that's not modern. You know what I mean? I didn't want him in a wagon or something. So I, I kind of combined it with a lot of things and it was hard to take out, you know, you have to draw the line. You don't want to scare kids, but you, you also don't want kids to feel bad. Um, but you want them to be aware that there's people out there suffering and they feel like coming here and risking their lives to come to the United States is their only option. You know, I don't, I don't know where you were born, but I was born here in the United States. So I don't know that, that fear, you know, that, that wanting, um, but I can tell you my life here has been amazing. And I, if, if I lived somewhere that wasn't like this, I would want to cross and come here. And my goal was to how, how do I express that to children without scaring them, without freaking them out and scarring them. And I tried to do that in the best way possible in the this, this story. I tried to make it look like an adventure, like uh, fun, exciting, but also dangerous. There's parts where he runs out of food and water. There's parts where there's extreme weather, whether it's heat or storms. So I try to make it as realistic as maybe a kid needs it to be. Mm-hmm. Tell me, how was that process for you, uh, the writing process and the illustration process for you? So I I just used sticky notes. So I got sticky notes and I, I wrote pages that I thought would look cool, pretty much. Um, there's a page that I really like where he's walking in the, in the dead of night, in the middle of the night. And it says, um, every night on his journey, Luz would dream of Los Estados Unidos. And he's just walking by himself. And there's stars and there's there's eyes of uh, animals in the bushes and there's a there's like a half moon. So I was just thinking of like what what indicates that this this person's all alone, but they're determined. They're a hard worker. So I kind of started with artwork like that, and then I, from there I chronologically kind of started his journey. Like, all right, he's starting in Michoacan and he's going to San Diego. What happens between then? So I wrote a, on sticky notes because I could shift it around a lot. And it was a little easier. And then once I did that, I did like little watercolor sketches. And then after that, I went in and I illustrated everything on my tablet. So I have a giant tablet, uh, Wacom tablet, and I just drew everything on that. Hey, Amiga, are you starting to notice fine lines appear on your face? Or... Maybe you're just wanting to tighten up your abdomen area a little bit. Or maybe just a non-invasive breast lift. Well, whatever the case may be, I have the solution for you. It's called the Plasma Fibroblast Skin Tightening Treatment. And I know what you're saying. What is that? Well, Plasma Fibroblast is a new non-invasive skin tightening and wrinkle reduction treatment. It helps tighten the skin around the area with super fickle brown dots that will heal and last about five to seven days. It targets fibroblast cells to stimulate the reproduction of collagen and elasticity, which decreases over time. Kimberly Estrada, 
owner of Curves by Kim offers this amazing treatment and also offers training if you're looking to expand your business. Kim is located in Floresville and offers a San Antonio location one week out of the month. If you're looking to book this appointment or look at before and after pictures of her incredible treatment, check out Curves with a K by Kim on Facebook and Instagram. You can also call and schedule your consultation at 210-650-2570. Okay, go do it now, amiga. Uh, Wacom tablet, and I just drew everything on that. Now tell me, um, because it's kind of melted into um, your family you know, story, how did your family take it when you announced like, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and write a book. Yeah. So, wow. That's a very, uh, how do I say, how do I answer this? Um, okay. So there's people in my family and I, I, I'm going to tread, tread lightly here. Uh, there's people in my family that I, it's my opinion, my belief that they, they probably, uh aren't exactly proud of being hispanic um and then there's a side of my family that is very proud of being who they are and the side that's very proud is the side that my um that crossed uh his name is jorge dennis flores but i changed his last his first name to luce which is my other great grandfather's name to honor my my mother my mother passed away right before the book came out so i wanted to honor her in that way. Um, and yeah, it's been, some people were really excited. My, my grandfather for one sat down with me for hours and told me stories about, um, you know, what his father went through, what he heard, um, out of all of his eight brothers and sisters, him and his, uh, brother Tomas are the only ones that crossed, uh, the other ones stayed in, in, uh, Mexico. So it was really cool to hear all these stories to find out my genealogy. Um, my last name's technically Dennis Flores, but when my great grandfather came over, the railroad changed his name to George Dennis because they, I don't, I don't know exactly, but it was something to do with racism, obviously. So, you know, they changed his name to George Dennis and they, he couldn't be called Jorge Flores, uh, Dennis Flores anymore. So it's, it's just a lot of interesting things unfolded. And then, uh, fun fact I had an aunt on my other side of the family just yesterday. Actually, my dad told me, he's like, Hey, did you get Edward's book? It came out like eight months ago. And this is on the other side of the family that, you know, may or may not be proud of being Hispanic. Yeah. Uh, She's like, Oh no, we haven't got it. We just haven't had time yet. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. I mean, it's been out for eight months and I, you know, you know, so far thousands of strangers have bought it, but so it's, it's interesting. I try not to, hold any grudges because I'm unapologetically a proud of who I am. And, and I'm grateful that uh, my great grandfather did cross the border because I wouldn't be writing books. I wouldn't be illustrating for a living if he didn't. I, I, I know from experience, I feel like both because um, I was actually adopted by my grandparents who were immigrants and I grew up in Los Angeles. So I I got a taste of diversity and also um, some parts of my family, I, I feel like I can relate because I feel like 
not to say it in a mean way but I guess they kind of forgot where their roots come from and so I definitely can can understand how that feels for you to to be very proud but at the same time the fact that you don't have or or maybe you do have the support but it's it's not quite fully there but I'm sure whenever you do see people tag your book you see kids grabbing it it must be exciting to know like hey I'm getting the support and I'm I'm making an impact and so I think that kind of replaces that in a in a way I guess um now tell me what is one thing that you found was crucial that you wanted to implicate in your book as far as your culture? Yeah, um, I definitely didn't want to be, uh, that's a good question because I feel like, you know, in, in elementary school, it a lot of times like Hispanic Heritage Month, like the teacher will put up a Mexican flag or, or something. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, no, that's not <laughs> that's not it. So I think what I wanted to do was to not do that. I didn't want to like, I don't know. I didn't want to, I didn't want it to come off as cheap. I wanted, wanted it to come off as authentic. Um, I wanted people, and I, I believe it has, because I've had a lot of adults write me say like, Hey, I bought your book for my child, but I was crying because, you know, my mother or father, or I came through the border, you know, so you're hearing all these great stories and I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Um, because in the book it's, he's in his, his little village in, uh, Michoacan and, he's in there and it, it, it's showing what it looks like. I tried to be as true to Mexico as possible. Um, he's eating certain foods. He is meeting certain animals that are uh, in that region. So he's in uh, various places that represent that region. So I was just trying to do my best to make it an authentic experience, uh, a celebration through this hardship. And, and that's what this is, 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 you know, when, when you come to this country, um, you don't just drop your culture, especially us, you are, are, you're bringing all of that with you, whether it's hardship, joy, or pain, and your culture comes with it. And I wanted to show that in the book, especially the second book, but yes, in this book. I'm so excited to see, I actually ordered the book for my boys when I saw the, the um Instagram post I was like oh I'm gonna get this because I have a, a five-year-old and a four-year-old and I'm like I don't really see books like this and so I I bought them for I bought it for them and um it's gonna be super exciting to see the second one um be published now what is like what is one of the things that you are looking forward to in the next five years with your book or your series now because you know you are coming up with the third one yes uh that's a really good question um that's how I, I think all the time is like I think um five year to ten year plans so in five years I'll be 40 so I'm hoping that by the time I'm 40 I have a uh at least three books out my my three books because they all go together um, my first book, The Boy from Mexico, and then uh, the second one, which I guess I'll I'll say I haven't told anyone yet, but the second one is uh, Luces Avocados. So it's about my great grandfather's time as a farm worker. Um, so that will be the second, and then the third book, which I won't say, I won't say the title yet, but.
but that is about um, his children. So I'm trying to, uh, I think the overall series is, is the first book is the trauma of coming here. The second book is what do you do when you're here? Uh, how do you acclimate? How do you exist? You know, you're no longer uh, Mexican. You're, you're Mexican American. You're, you're living in a different land, but you're, you're, your culture, you're, your people. And that's what the second book is about. And the third book is your children overcoming that trauma and that you can do more. You know, they made those sacrifices so we can do more. Um, anyways, yeah, that's my five-year plan is to have a series. Uh, I would, I was just awarded. Um, I was a uh, finalist for a Netflix and Latinx and animation grant. Uh, I sadly didn't get it. I was at the top, one of the top five and they gave it to three people, which is okay. I just cried a little, but, uh, I, that, but I did, I would, that, I, that was very hard because there was hundreds of people that entered. So pretty much I, what I'm trying to say is I would like to make an animated short. And if you go to my website, theboyfromexico.com, you can see some animation that I have for the trailer. Uh, there's music in it, sound effects. I did all of that myself. Um, I'm an animator as well. So I'm, I'm trying to make a short film based on all three of those books. I'm super excited to see all of that come together. So that that's going to be so super, super cool. Um, tell me, Edward, what is one of the life lessons that you have, um, now, um, I guess, learned through this process that you would want somebody else to take? Yeah, um, I think the number one life lesson I've I've learned is that if you're not getting rejected, you're not trying. Uh, I know a lot of people that are much more talented than I am um, in every facet, and they're just scared to try because they're scared of rejection. Um, but rejection is just part of the process. I uh, my first book sold really well, and I still had trouble getting a deal for my second book. So you know, you just got to take it on the chin and you got to keep going forward because um, here's another thing. If we don't tell our stories, other people will. So uh, it's called own voices, own voices. So there's a lot of, out of that 7% of Hispanic books that are written for children, there is actually a, a percentage. I think it's 3% of those are written by Caucasian people. So, you know, we need to step up and write our own stories and tell our own narrative and, uh, it's okay if we get rejected. We got to keep going. I love that. I'm I'm definitely gonna make sure that I let my kiddos know too. Whatever they want to do, make sure that you just keep pushing. Even they, even though you get your your nose. Um, what is one of the main? I guess you can say the main. Um, I I forgot what the word is um moving forward like what is one of the main things that you really want kids to get from your book um whenever they sit down and they're reading with their their families with their parents yeah uh two things um so there's going to be kids that are the the brown kids right the kids that look like me i want them to be empowered i want them to be excited and inspired um I want them to be inspired not only to create their own artwork and stories, write them down, make a book one day. I want them to be inspired about their culture and their people, how resilient they are. 
Um, and the other kids that are not Hispanic, I want them to realize that a lot of their friends are, they could be coming, whether they are, they are Hispanic or they're Indian or they're Chinese, whatever, wherever they're from on the planet. Um, we don't know their story. We don't know each other's stories. And everyone here is just trying to do the best for themselves. Um, they're trying to be, make, be happy and, and make sure their family's safe. That's what I want other kids to, to know. That's awesome. Now, what is, or who is one person that you draw inspiration the most? And what would you want them to know? Yeah, so um, I grew up uh, in the 90s and I watched like um, reruns of Reading Rainbow and Mr. Rogers and uh, Bob Ross. So they were on um, PBS, the public broadcasting station, because we didn't have cable. So I would watch those. And um, yeah, I those guys were just really inspired me with how kind they are, how innovative they are. Um, LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow, uh, Fred Rogers. Yeah, Bob Ross. I just, if I could meet them, I know LeVar Burton's the only one alive still, but yeah, if I could ever meet them, I was just think, you know, I, they inspired me so much. Um, yeah, their storytelling, how they were authentic with people. I even got a, I got masterclass and I watched, I don't know if you know what masterclass is, but I got masterclass and I watched LeVar, LeVar Burton, um, his storytelling masterclass. And I, I imp implement everything he does when I go to talk to schools um, and how he kind of felt, he kind of feels like he's channeling his ancestors when he's up there speaking and stuff. And I'm like, oh man, I got really powerful ancestors, the Aztecs, Mayans, you know, all of that. So I, I really take that to heart um, because we got to do that for the the kids, the next generation. And I know that's what those guys were doing for us, you know? Well, I'm going to manifest it for you so that you get to meet him in person one day. I hope so. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out to sit down and, and talk about your book and everything that you've learned on your journey to publicating your book. Um, what is one of the upcoming events that you have going on for your book? Yeah. So, oh, let's see. Uh, I, I was just looking at my calendar, um, this month, uh, so Thursday I'm presenting at a school in San Francisco. Um, I am talking about my career and then the next day after that, I have to be in Tucson because I'm there for an event, uh, for kicking off Hispanic heritage month. And then the next week, the entire week, I'm in San Diego, all the way to San Francisco doing like a book, book tour. And then uh, reading my book at schools in person. And then I'm doing that the following week in Arizona, uh, going to schools. And then the following week in that, I think I'm doing Miami. And then the week after that, I'm speaking as a guest lecturer at the University of Texas in Austin. And then I'll be reading at some of the schools there. And um, I think, oh yeah, and then I'm, uh, I'm presenting September 29th, I think, at the game developers of color expo so i'm presenting there um which is actually it's virtual so if anyone is listening and they like video games they can go uh listen to my friend and i talk about animation and video games so yeah that wraps up pretty much what i'm doing in the next month 
That's awesome. Well, if you have the link for that, um, I'll have it underneath your episode so that everybody can connect with you. Is there a, what are your social media handles so that people can connect with you and where can they get a hand, get their hands on your book? Yeah. So you can go to Amazon and just uh, search up the boy from Mexico, or you can go to the boy from Mexico.com. Uh, it's available online at Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, a uh, bunch of other places. And my Instagram is Eduardo Denise. And uh, it's not Dennis, it's Denise with a, an S, a Z, not an S. Um, and uh, yeah, I thank you for having me. This has been awesome. You're my first uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, I guess, um, speaking. So this is awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for allowing me to share your story with everybody. I'm super excited to get my hands on that book to share with my boys. And I think what you're doing is amazing to to be able to have something that represents us. And I can't wait to see your journey. And I can't wait to see the whole series unfold. Thank you. Yes. Thank you again for having me. Maybe when the next book comes out, I can come back on. Yes, absolutely. Do you want to continue supporting our podcast? The best way to do that is if you can please follow us at Hefatalk on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find our podcast streaming on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. To continue to help us grow, please consider sharing our podcast with everybody you know. Leave a review, make sure you subscribe, and I can't wait to continue sharing stories with you all.